The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour With your hosts Joe Bob Ah, you're awful And A.J. Appleton Is Sin Shu Sin Shu Chu Mouthful Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. And right now, no longer content manager, so-called fantasy experts, but, uh, but I'm still there helping out and uh, just kind of taking a step back for a little while. Uh, but on the line, co-host as always, AJ Applegarth. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, dude? How are you? Good, man. Uh, how you doing? It's been a while since we've talked on here. Yeah, no. Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Just uh, getting into house sale mode and trying to clear out, clean up, and it's quite the process, as uh, I know you're well aware. So. Yes, yes. Yes, it is definitely a... Uh, a lot of work to do all that. I've been to a few times. Yeah. Feels like so. Anyway, man, uh, fantasy baseball is pretty much officially here at this point. Um, I think it, it kind of really hits a lot more after the Super Bowl. But, you know, things have been things have been heating up. A lot of moves have been going on. The hot stove, or so they call it. So... Um, that's what you know. We're going to talk about tonight. We're going to go through a bunch of the moves that that have happened, trades, signings, you name it. And uh, if if you are not aware, myself and Tyler Thompson, who is now the content manager for Fantasy Baseball over at FantasySixPack.net, uh, we wrote uh, articles together to split up the work here. The for all the hot stove moves uh, back in – when did we write these? <laughs> it's been a little while now. We wrote them at the very end of December. Uh, to kind of go over all these, he did the National League. I did the American League. And that's actually who we've got on the line to help us out go through all this. So let's bring him on here now. Hey, Tyler, you there? I'm here. How are you fellas doing tonight? Good, man. Good, man. You, uh, how you doing? Oh hey, I uh, can't be happier right now. Uh, you know, I, don't, I no longer have to fill the void between a uh, fantasy football season and fantasy baseball with uh, fantasy basketball or uh, football playoff leagues, all that nonsense. I'm ready to uh, ready to hop into the baseball season here. Yeah, man, absolutely. I think uh, over the years I have started to like fantasy baseball a little more than I do, yeah, football. Yeah, uh, there's just something about it. Like the, there's just more statistic. It's more statistical driven. Uh, I feel like there's a lot less luck involved in baseball. Now, of course, we all know that there is still luck. It's still something that a lot of it's really out of your control. But you can, I feel like you can predict baseball a lot more than you can football. Um, I, I don't know. There's just uh, it's way more numbers behind it. Uh, and there's no running back committees in in fantasy baseball. Which <laughs> you don't have to deal with. So that's always a plus. But anyway, man, so, you know, just, we can just kind of 
hit the ground running here. There's not a whole lot else to talk about. So, so a couple of the moves I want to start with are, are a few that, that we did not discuss because they had not happened yet by the time that we wrote our articles. And, and one is Jose Bautista. He's, he just signed yesterday. He signed back with Toronto. You know, there was talk he was going to go to Texas at one point. I think Oakland had been in the mix. Houston had been in the mix. I forget who else, but ultimately it ended up being Toronto. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't really think this is like big news. You know, I think it's going to keep his value up um, where it was. I don't really think you're going to see it go down too much. Um, what, what do you, what do you guys have to say about that? Tyler, I'll let you go first. Well, I, first off, I think it's, very, it was a very interesting offseason for Bautista. I've never seen a player alienate himself from the two best options that could have signed him in Texas and Baltimore by <clears throat> you know his on-field antics. Isn't that crazy? I mean, he probably would have signed two months ago if you know he didn't. If teams didn't have bad blood, I mean, an owner came out or GM came right out and said at Baltimore came out and said, "Hey, we didn't know how the fans would feel about it, so didn't bring him in." But um, I, I think it's kind of interesting what Toronto's doing right now. They're going to be a mess defensively with either putting Jose Bautista in right field or having to play Kendrick Morales at first base on a regular basis because they can't both DH. Um, yeah, I'll, be interested to see, I'll be interested to see how they how exactly they, they figure that out. Yeah, I feel like, um, I feel like Bautista is going to be – yeah, I mean, he's used to playing the outfield at this point. I feel like, you know, him being, I think, 36 now, he's obviously on the, the down slope, um, and his body's probably not ready for a full season in the outfield. I mean, let's face it, too. The guy is, has had some injury issues the past few years. Um, so I think the uh, the concern – for that is still there with him as well. But I thought it was very interesting that he ended up taking a one-year offer for slightly more money than what the qualifying offer was. But there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's other issues with this deal. It was like a, a bunch of different mutual options that they have built into it. Um, and I believe they're for pretty solid amounts of money. So you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I don't, I don't know if I see him really bouncing back, if that's even the right term for him. You know, his average is still pretty much garbage, um, but he does hit well well in Toronto. So, I think that's that's a solid place for him to be. Obviously, I know there was there was even talk of Philadelphia putting an in interest on him at, at one point, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing what he could do in that ballpark for, you know, half a season, but you know, I, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch him, I guess this year. I, I don't know. I'll have fun I like Joey Bats, still. but I do. Yeah, not, I, I so. like Joey Bats. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I just, I, I don't know. I, after, after this whole long drawn out process that this has been for him to just eventually re-sign with 
the team who he rejected a qualifying offer from because I guess he felt he was more valuable. And it, to me, it shows that people really don't feel like he is. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he can do. I still think he's good for 30 home runs regardless. So that, that's nice. But Yeah, I mean, you're going to get power numbers out of him. Uh, I think, you know, batting average is starting to slip every year. So, uh, you know, you're going to get basically power, and that's about it. You know, 30 home runs may not be in his wheelhouse anymore. Um, now, he did get hurt last year, and that made his numbers suffer a little bit. But, you know, I think he'll be in that upper 20 range regardless. Um, but it'll be fun to boo him still when he comes to Baltimore. So I'll, I'll at least get that. <laughs> Um, now the other one, and, and this one may have gone a little under the radar here in Tyson Ross to Texas. I, I honestly, I love this move. Um, I've been a big fan of Tyson Ross, uh, when he, when he was with the Padres for a few years there, <clears throat> very underrated pitcher. A lot of, a lot of experts always predicted that it was just going to blow up for him for whatever reason. And I, and I, um, I want to say it was because of his walk rate or something, um, but he just he just always seemed to get it done. Like it was just it was never the prettiest thing in the world, but it just worked for him. Um and you know, now he goes to a team in Texas that he'll win more ball games with. Yeah, his ERA might infl- you know, might go up a little bit um because of a ballpark factor but you know his FIP and his ex-FIP and things like that were always pretty low they never were super high compared to his ERA in San Diego so I kind of don't think you're going to see all of a sudden like a four ERA from this guy or even like a three six three seven I think it's going to still be in the low threes like you see most years from him if he's healthy and that's going to be the key for him if he's healthy um coming off a pretty major shoulder injury and a couple surgeries I believe um but I don't think they gave him a lot of money. I don't know the specifics, but it, you know, what are your all feelings on this? Um, I mean, I think I've always liked Tyson Ross. I think he's still got, um, you know, solid peripherals to pitch in Texas. Yes. It's a hitter's park. Yes. It's hot in the summer and balls start flying out of there. Um, so, I mean, that, that could eventually hurt him, especially if he's not 100% healthy. Um, but if he is, I mean, I I think I, that he's still going to be able to succeed. Um, you know, Cole Hamels is obviously a better pitcher than Tyson Ross, but he came down from Philly, and, you know, that was kind of a concern that people thought he was going to regress a whole lot because of, you know, the way he pitches and, and how he gives up some homers. And, and he still has been pretty solid in his two years there. So yeah. I think with, with him, you know, Ross is still going to be looked at as, I would assume, the number three or four guy there, um, you know, behind Hamels and, and Darvish. Um, so... I still think he'll have, you know, decent matchups pitching wise as well. Yeah, yeah Tyler, you so, got any thoughts on this one? Yeah, so Tyson Ross the talent, 
doesn't concern me. I mean, I am a sucker for a good slider, and uh, he's got he's got one of the nastiest ones in the game when he's when he's out there. But um, health concerns have to be brought up here. You look at uh, pitchers with thoracic outlet syndrome, which I will shorten to TOS because I don't think I'll say that first word correct ever again. Um, <laughs> there's there's just not a good history. Usually you're thinking when you think of pitchers and dreaded injuries, you're like, okay, Tommy John, but Tommy John surgery has a pretty good success rate considering, you know, considering all the stuff that goes into it. So this TOS though, it's not as proven, but what, what interested me about this was uh, with him signing with Texas one year deal, you know, so it's kind of, he took a one-year deal, six or eight million dollars, or somewhere in between there. So that that tells me he's kind of betting on himself this year. So, you know, betting on himself being being healthy. Then you look at so okay, I started looking up other pitchers, and I'm like, oh yeah, Matt Harvey had the same thing last year. So I'm looking at the eighty the ADP in the uh, NFBC uh, drafts right now. Harvey's going 31st among pitchers. You guys want to guess where Tyson Ross is going? I'm going to guess probably about 180, maybe lower, maybe 230s. Among among pitchers? Oh, among oh, pitchers. Among patrons? Oh. oh, geez. Number 80? I'm going to go with like 60s. 97. Wow. So, I mean, just like the Rangers had a low-risk, high-reward signing here, I think you can get a lot of low-risk, high-reward uh, drafting Ross 97. I guarantee you, people start seeing him pitch. In the, is he expected to pitch in the spring? I bet you if that, people... Uh, I believe he is. I bet you if people but, see um, him pitch in the spring and he pitches even decently one time, his draft stock will skyrocket. But, yeah, if you can draft him now and get him for next to nothing, absolutely. I'll draft him every day. I'll draft him three rounds earlier than that just to get him for nothing. <laughs> Why not? Who are you getting in the last three rounds? Usually definitely. nobody. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely yeah. somebody to take a chance on late in rounds. Um, the talent is there. It's absolutely health questioned. I 100% agree with you, Tyler. So, you know, I I say go for it. Um, you know, I'll I'll admit I I didn't. Those were the only like recent moves in the last week or two that I could think of off the top of my head. Um, I had a busier day at work than I thought I'd have, and and uh, I didn't get a chance to fill in any of more. Are there any that I'm missing that that either of you can think of that happened just recently? Honestly, I think that, I mean those are the two biggest <clears throat> ones that I know of. Um, yeah, I, and I wanted to get about the Ross today. Um, so I might get y'all's take here on a uh, the Michael Saunders move going to uh, going to Philly. Um, you know, with that short porch and right in right field. I mean, he had 24 home runs last year. Could be, you know, is it a fluke? Is it? just the fact that he got to play 140 plus games and he might not get that opportunity. And right. That was my concern with that. And that's one of the reasons I, I thought about listing that one. I, I did. Uh, I just, I didn't because of that. Um, 
Yeah, I I kind of think it's a it's a busy outfield now in 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 Philly. Um, his defense isn't really that great, so you got to wonder if he's going to be the main guy there. Um, <clears throat> I just think he's going to go back to a platoon situation, and that's going to really crush his value again. I've always been a fan of Michael Saunders offensively, but he's never gotten the full time load. Last year, I loved him because I knew he could deal full time load again. Um, or injuries have have plagued him, and so. I've always thought the talent was there. I just he's hard to rely on injuries or platoon. Yeah, and that's what's yeah. always killed his his value. Right. Yeah. And from I a mean, real just... from from a real life, you know, real baseball standpoint, he, him platooning with uh, Aaron Althair is a that's a pretty good one two punch there. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just going to say, just looking at the the people on their roster that they have as outfield, you've got Herrera you know is going to be out there. I mean, Howie Kendricks, technically outfield eligible in fantasy, how much outfield he'll actually play, I, I don't know. But uh, you mentioned out there. Um, I mean, they've got Nick Williams in the wings, uh, Peter Borjos, I know, has played a little bit out there. And he, he had some flashes of being, you know, fantasy worthy, depending on what he was doing. Um, it looks like they've picked up uh, David Lowe, who was, uh, and have Jimmy Paredes. So two guys that were down here in Baltimore are up there, and they also have Cody Ashey. So it's a very crowded outfield. Very right crowded outfield. Absolutely. I, I mean, of of those names, I definitely would probably rank Saunders, you know, as fourth be, behind Herrera, uh, out there, and and Kendrick if he's for whatever reason, play in the outfield. Um, but, yeah, I definitely see it being a platoon situation. So, unless he comes out and he's he's hot in spring training and, and you know, really shows something, then I, I, don't, I don't know how fantasy relevant he'll be. Yeah, and he'll probably be a bottom of the lineup guy just because, you know, he doesn't really run. His on-base percentage is it's fairly average. Um, and so, and you saw that in Toronto, even with that high powered offense in Toronto, his RBI numbers were low. I mean, 57 and, you know, so, you know, 24 home runs and 57 RBI, like it's, you're hoping for a lot more than that. So I, I think there's, there's limitations with him and, and no, a platoon situation is really going to, going to kill his value. So not somebody I'm targeting in, you know, in, in drafts, just depends on where he falls. Um, but so Tyler, I wanted to jump into the articles here that we wrote about and I highlighted, let's see, about 10, nine or 10, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. About nine or 10 um, of the moves that we discussed. These are some of the bigger moves. There's obviously some smaller ones that we discussed and you can go to the articles on fantasy six back to read those. If, uh, if we don't get to the one that you want to read about, but I'm going to start off here with probably the biggest one. And I think it was, really one of the first ones, if not the first move to be made, is Chris Sale to the Red Sox. Um, they, the big trade that went down, um, you know, Chris Sale went from the White Sox to the Red Sox for Mancata and a couple of other prospects who are decent in their own right, but they kind of get left out name-wise in this move. Um, but this is a huge move. You know, they give up a giant prospect in Mikata that everybody thinks is a can't-miss guy 
They get Chris Sale, and now the Red Sox have paired up Cy Young winner Rich Hill. Um, Rich Hill. Uh, I just saw his name <laughs> somewhere. That was ridiculous. Um, um, Mad Cy Max. Young winner for, what? Rick I Porcello. Said Mad Max. Mad oh, Max. yeah. Sorry. Hell Otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Porcello <laughs> and uh, – and, Ace, I guess I'm doing air quotes. David Price, who had a fairly down season uh, last year, but everybody considers to be a pretty elite pitcher. I mean, this is a stacked pitching lineup now for the Red Sox. Uh, but you know, what does this mean for Chris Sale, Tyler? You know, what do you think of for Chris Sale's value? It going from the AL Central to the AL East to all those ballparks there that he's now going to pitch in more. I mean. <laughs> He's still Chris Sale. I mean, that's the easy answer. But, I mean, you see an adjustment period that every pitcher that seems to be traded or signs with the Red Sox goes through. I mean, Rick Porcello in 2015, I mean, it was bad. It was was very bad what he did in 2015 before this breakout season, if you want to call it that here, or breakthrough in 2016. Then, as you mentioned with David Price last year, uh, he had kind of a rough go um, up there in Fenway. So, I mean, you you got to be cognizant of the adjustment period, the potential for that. But uh, Chris Sale has experience pitching, you know, in, in that AL Central, as you said, with Detroit and Cleveland and all those pretty good teams. And now he just gets a chance to uh, to win probably well, easily over half the games he starts. So, um, I mean, I'm care. I'm careful of. I, I'm not quite sure that I want to draft him in the second round, like he's like he's going right now. But um, he's certainly still in the top ten, maybe even the top five of pitchers. Yeah, I, I, I think Sale is one of those elite pitchers that is kind of. Uh, opponent proof i mean he's proved even though he's pitched the majority of his games in the central you know you're still going up against a powerful lineup in in detroit you know minnesota's got some bats they kind of came on um you know and you're facing the indians so they were just in the world series you know they've got a good team so i don't really look at that i do find it interesting that you know, it's yet another AL Central starting pitcher that's made his way to Boston. Price was on Detroit for a short time, I believe. Um, Porcello came from Detroit, and now you've got Sale from the White Sox. So, you know, it's a, it's a powerful one, two, three punch that that they have. So, in their eyes, you know, they're going to win a series. And then they're going to have, you know, at least hopefully one game out of the next series and then probably win the next series. So, you know, that's probably how they're looking at it, that with these three guys, they should be winning the majority of their games. And, yes, David Price did have a down season. But if he somehow rebounds, you know, the way Porcello did, I mean, look out. Uh, You know, Chris Sale could be the one who has a bit of a down season this year. But if Porcello maintains, I, I don't I don't see him repeating what he did. Um, 
I've always liked Porcello and been tracking him since he's been called up. Um, but I, I, I just, you know, I feel like that was above and beyond, you know, a ridiculous season for him. Um, yes, he's talented, but I, I just don't see him following that season up with the same stats this year. Yeah, I don't think anybody saw that coming from Porcello. But, uh, hey, hats off, man. He had a great season. And, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything that both of you all are saying. You know, you got to be, beware the, the down, the, you know, some, some a little bit of a down season for him moving to the Red Sox. And, you know, I wrote kind of in, in my article, I wrote that, you know, his strikeouts were already kind of down from the previous two years. Uh, the ERA has risen the last couple of years. So there's a little bit to be worried about here that maybe, you know, I know that back in the day, a lot of the, a lot of problems or a lot of issues that people had with him with that, that arm motion he has, it's so violent and it's so weird looking, you know, you just wonder if maybe that is kind of taking a toll on him. Um, There's nothing to, there's no proof that that's happening and there's nothing, you know, nobody's saying anything like that, but you just got to kind of wonder because the even just the last couple of years, he's not been that guy. He's still been awesome. Don't, don't get me wrong, but he hasn't been the guy he was two years ago when he was, you know, low two ERA and striking out almost 11, 11 a game. So anyway, moving on here. Uh, another huge trade involving some, some big name prospects was the nationals. Another local team here to me and AJ getting Adam Eaton for was it it was three fairly large name prospects. Um, the biggest was being Lucas Giolito, uh, and then you got Reynaldo Lopez and Dame Dunning, and and Tyler. I'll let you take this one first because I know you wrote about it in your article. Um, what's What's kind of your take on this whole deal? And I don't know. Was was it? I'll just let you go. Let let's t- let's have your take on it. Okay. Um, so hats off to the White Sox for just breaking in all these crazy good prospects. And also, as a Braves fan, I'm very pleased to see the Nationals just breaking down their entire uh, farm system. That's just incredible. Um, however, I will give them that leadoff position was exactly what they needed in the off season. Um, I was curious today and I was like, okay, what am I going to say about Adam Eaton? Uh, oh yeah. I remember Trey Turner had to lead off for the, uh, I think it was like 60 to 70 games toward the end of the year. And in the rest of their games. So ideally they'd like to have Trey Turner bat second or third. The rest of their leadoff hitters, 212 average, 259 OBP, and about a 55 weighted runs created plus. Ouch. That's really terrible. And just considering what Adam Eaton has done over the last three years, 288 average, 360 on-base percentage, 116 weighted runs created plus. I mean, that's just a complete – you're going from – the worst leadoff hitter to a top five, top 10 leadoff hitter. So 
I, I'm kind of I'm all in with uh, some of these Nationals bats in the in the top uh, three or four of the batting order. Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely right. love what Trey Turner is doing. Um, I, I, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he is as successful not being in that leadoff spot now. If that's what they're putting Eaton, um, I don't know why they wouldn't, but. This trade just completely baffled the hell out of me. I don't uh, – I mean, obviously the White Sox were in fire sale mode, and that's why they went through with everything. But once they dumped Chris Sale, you know, they're like, okay, well, what else can we reload on because now we don't have pitching? Hey, let's give Alf Eaton and let's get these guys. I mean, that, kudos to them for pulling it off because I, I think they won that trade hand down. <laughs> Um, but you know, I mean, it fills a need for Washington too. So we'll see how it pans out. Yeah. I'm, I'm more with, with AJ on this one that I'm, I'm a little baffled by the trade. I mean, I know Eaton's good, but is he that good? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden we hear something bad about Giolito, like, he needs another arm surgery or something. Like, did they see something in him that they're not telling anybody? Because I don't see how you trade a prospect to his his liking to get a – I mean, even if it's a top 10 leadoff hitter. I mean, really? Like, uh, you can't find anybody cheaper that could just fill the void? There has to be somebody that you don't have to give up your future like that. And that just seemed a little crazy to me. Um, but yeah, it'll probably help out some of the bats behind him. Cause like you said, Tyler, the leadoff hitter for the nationals was pretty pathetic last year and it didn't help out Harper. It didn't help out, you know, Rendon didn't help out any of these guys, even though they all had fairly good seasons because the rest of that lineup is pretty good. You know, leadoff was not a big help. So it, it'll be interesting to see if maybe some other players on that team, their stock, rises a little as the more analysis happens this off season. Um, getting back to another, another signing here, Edwin and Akarnacion goes to Cleveland. So one of the, one of the big names from that, you know, super powerful Toronto lineup leaves town and, and signs with Cleveland who just lost in the world series. Maybe, you know, double E is, is chasing a ring. You know, you think it'll work, AJ? You think he'll they'll get back there and he'll be a big help? Or are we looking for maybe a, a down season from Cleveland and therefore EE? Um, I don't know if I see a down season from them um, or him, honestly. Uh, he, he's got the peripherals. He He's been surprising people I feel like for the past few years but um, I, I mean he's a he's a strong bat you, you can't deny that from him um, and I, I still think he's better suited to be a DH but you know we'll see they may throw him in at first base he's played it you know in the past he can he can manage that position I don't know if I love his defense at, at first base but, um, you know, I, I like the move for Cleveland. I, I like that they needed a bat 
or I feel they needed a bat, another bat to get them over that hump to match up with um, the Cubs, although that was one of the best World Series that we've had in a while, I feel like. But, you know, they, they were evenly matched, but had they had his bat in that lineup, he could have been that difference maker, in my opinion. So I know they've lost a couple pieces as well. So if they bring, you know, Napoli back into the fold, he could help out as well. But then here again, you're looking at who's playing DH, who's playing first, you know, um, and, and where, where are they putting these guys? Uh, but I like the move overall. Tyler, what you, what you think about the move? for uh, EE's fantasy value this season? I don't think it changes his uh, his fantasy value at all, really. Um, I mean, it's it's as potent of a lineup as Toronto can trout out there, in my opinion. You look at uh, Kipnis and Lindor, uh, the emergence of Jose Ramirez. So he's going to be fine from a run-scoring standpoint. Look at I mean... Mike Napoli last year, no offense to Mike Napoli. I mean, the guy's like a 230 hitter, though, and he had 92 runs and 101 RBIs. So you just put E5 in his place, and the runs are gonna, the runs and the RBIs are going to produce themselves. Um, yeah, that's, I can't really say any more about that. I, I think he should still be highly regarded in the, in the fantasy world. Are you looking at him as a first-round pick? I mean, is he that highly regarded? Or, I mean, second round, maybe? Second round is probably about right for him. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mid mid to late second round, it's probably fine. Yeah, I mean, I've even got him as low. Like, right now in my rankings, I've got him around the – I've got him more around the third – the third round, just because I mean you've got to you've got to wonder about age with him at this point too. Like age is going to catch up to him at some point. Like you know if he's not if he's not jacking forty bombs, what's he going to give you? Uh, so you you got to wonder there. And and I'll be honest, I think we can all agree Cleveland Cleveland kind of overachieved a little last year. Like nobody expected that like rampant offense toward the end of the year like they, they got. I mean, it's Jose Ramirez really that good. Um, I think Lindor has finally proved himself. Um, you know, if Brantley can come back and be healthy, I think that'll definitely help. But um, I don't know if I'm counting on that offense to be as good as it was last year. So maybe that does hurt uh, E5 a, a little bit more. But I still think he's going to be good. I'm, I'm looking at him third round at best. I'm not, I'm not going any earlier than that. Um, so maybe I won't get him, <laughs> whatever. Um, you know, those, those are probably some of the, the bigger names that got signed, but you know, there's still some other ones that, you know, aren't as, aren't as heavy hitting, aren't as, you know, top two, three round guys don't involve all the big name prospects like we had, but you know, a guy that was on the world series winning team last year big controversial guy and as everybody who's listened to this podcast below is not we are not fans of in this podcast the Cardinals signed Dexter Fowler um yes 
we we wished we wished bad juju against Dexter Fowler last year, and it did not work as <laughs> Orioles fans. No, and uh, he, he went on to win the World damn World Series, <laughs> be an awesome yeah. player. But moving to the Cardinals, um, what what are we thinking here for him? AJ, what you got? I, I mean, I you know my disdain for what he did to <laughs> well, the yes, Orioles last year. Really. So, I, but. I believe I even said at some point, you know, halfway through the season, he's he's playing great baseball and and he's filling in. The only knock that I had on him was that he wasn't an everyday player. Um, but I I think he will be, you know, a near everyday player. I mean, he's still going to get some rest and whatnot in um, in St. Louis, but. I really do like this trade for them, um, or I'm sorry, signing. But um, you know, he he's a he's a guy that's going to get you steals. He's going to get on base. He's going to set the table for you. Um, you know, he's going to get you runs. He he's going to fill these needs that they have. Um, and I just think you know he he's he's going to be a solid add to that team if he plays like he did last year, you know, they, they absolutely win on that signing. So we'll see, we'll see what he can do, but I I don't, I don't really see him falling off much from last year uh, and possibly being able to be better than he was last year because of, of having the potential more playing time. Yeah, I think, I think the Cubs, or the uh, the Orioles just need to distance themselves from all things Chicago Cubs. I mean, Dexter Fowler, Jake Arrieta, Scott Feldman. You know, um, Hamill sorry. Right there and did well. <laughs> yeah, really. Come on, man. Now you just now you're just turning. <laughs> I'm sorry, just stirring the pot. <laughs> um. So, same thing with the Nationals. The Cardinals were horrendous at the leadoff spot last year. Um, they even stuck Matt Carpenter up there for a good chunk of time because, and, you know, just took the hole in, a, you know, the three hole um, because everyone else besides Carpenter went 246 average uh, up there in the leadoff spot. And I think it was like a right around a 300 on base percentage, which just is not going to cut it. Um, you know, Fowler. Like off hitters. What's up? So that's like all the Orioles leadoff hitters. Hey, well, good. Yeah, horrendous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no comment. Moving on. <laughs> but hey, Joey Rickard I mean, was awesome for like a week. All right. <laughs> for like a week. Hey, yeah, I did. I did have him for like the month of April, and he was amazing. <laughs> it was the hottest pickup in the second week of April. Start. <laughs> but uh, out of his mind. Oh wait, never mind. It's May. He's done. But yeah, I I uh, am tending. I'm loving this move for St. Louis, and in the article I wrote that uh, I'm especially loving this move for uh, Elevens Diaz because yeah, these uh these shortstops, there's seven or eight of them that get taken super early. I think it's like uh, Gene Segura is like the last guy in that top tier or whatever. He's being taken like fourth or fifth round, and then it drops off huge. And I think. The production you're going to get from Diaz this year is not 
going to be too far off of what you can get from some of those guys that are going to be taken in the in the first four rounds. Um, I might be a little bold there, but he's going to be he's definitely going to be a target of mine now, batting behind Fowler and in front of Matt Carpenter. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I think you and I are going to have to fight for him in the fantasy six pack league. Oh if no, you jump in it, if you because uh, you and I you and I both ranked him pretty close. That's funny because you had to, we both had to move him up. So when if everybody doesn't realize when you do fantasy rankings on fantasy pros, which me and Tyler do. It defaults your rankings to like a, you know, an average of everybody who ranks, and then you move everybody around. You had to find Diaz and move him up. So you and I moved him. We both moved him up to relatively the same spot. I'm at 100. You're at 106. That's oh, about man. 30 spots higher than his average. So we Sounds both like I got to move him up just a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> so that's interesting. I just noticed that. Um, but yeah, we're like the third and fourth highest rankers. There's somebody that's got him 74th overall and somebody that's got him 98th. So, uh, we're, we're definitely pretty bullish on him as compared to a lot of, a lot of, uh, other experts out there that rank for fantasy pros. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I actually really like this move for the Cardinals as well. So, and I think it's going to help, you know, it's going to help that offense big time. They need a table setter. And they didn't have to give anything for it. They just had to pay money. So it's a better deal, in my opinion, than Adam Eaton. Why didn't they just go get Dexter Fowler? Um, for whatever reason. Agreed. Who knows? Um, well, that's that's just it. They were trying to get Eaton, and they they feel like they lost out on that sweepstakes. It's like, no, I think you made the better move. Yeah. Well, yeah, Fowler, I mean, Fowler rather... or Eaton has been signing them to a multi, multi-year deal to play center for you. I mean, you had to pay a lot of money for Fowler. I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to live up to a five-year, $82 million contract. But with everything that the Nationals gave up, I just don't think it was worth it. And it's possible that Fowler is just a better player. Like, if you really look at it, he's been a better player. Once he finally started getting regular bats, he's been really, really good. Um, He just never played full-time. Where he was injured, it was you know he was just always never panned out. It just never seemed to work out for him. There was always something in his way. But moving back over to the American League here, the Astros were a busy, busy, busy team, and they are all in on winning offense this year. And that might be it. Uh, they're going to rival the Orioles for best offense in the league if they can sign Trumbo. Um, Beltran, McCann, and Josh Reddick. Three guys that will probably strike out a whole ton, but hit a bunch of home runs. McCann's going to help a little bit with the catcher position. I don't really know if he's going to be full-time. That's such a weird... That one's weird to me. Like, they had a catcher, um, and then so you thought maybe he'd help out with some DH, and then they went and signed Beltran, and you're like, well, now what? So <laughs> it was kind of a weird one, but either way, it's going to help offensively for them. Um, so you know, but now you know now what do you do with Gaddis? Either way, offense is hugely upgraded here with all three of these guys. Um, Tyler, you know, pick one, 
you know, who's your favorite of these three that they got? Do you see any one of these guys having like a bust out season? Are they all going to fall? You know, which, what's your kind of take on this? Uh, I like, I like Beltron the most out of these three. And that's just because him being a switch hitter, I think, uh, I think he's not going to see as many off days as Brian McCann and Evan Gaddis, Josh Reddick, et cetera. Um, he's going to be a pretty stable four or five hole hitter. And, uh, I just, I trust that a lot more and I don't, I don't, exactly know what the Astros are going to try to do with McCann, Gaddis, uh, Guriel at first, and, you know, all AJ these Reed. different pieces. A.J. Reed, Nori Aoki, Josh Reddick, Jake Marisnik, just all these all these players that are just, you know, going to platoon or share time or whatever. Um, I'd be very curious to see how that goes exactly, like in the first month of the season. I don't think it's going to be straightforward at all. Yeah, yeah, I, think, I um, agree. I I think Beltran's definitely the best out of that. But the interesting thing is with McCann, he he does add you know a nice left-handed presence there that that they were lacking. So you know whether or not he's going to just play catcher NTH, they still got Gaddis that they got to you know contend with, and he can also play both positions. Um, so it'll be interesting, but I, I think of the three, I mean, Reddick, we, we know what we're getting with him. Yes, he's on a great offense now. So his numbers might be, you know, inflated a little bit more because of that. But I think overall it's, uh, it's Beltran that, that's going to be the biggest impact of those three guys. Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree here with you. I think Beltran's going to be the most impactful offensively, especially from a fantasy position. Um, but, I mean, I think we're kind of seeing the end of Beltran here. I mean, he was good last year, but, I mean, he's he's up there. What, he's 38 now, 30? It's almost 40. How old is he's almost, yeah, he's up there. So, I mean, like, eventually it's just going to fall off. Like, he's just going to do nothing. I don't care if you're DHing or not. It happens real quick for these guys. Um, I wouldn't be one bit surprised if it doesn't happen this year. I will probably go nowhere near all, all three of these guys. Um, I, I I wrote it in the article here that I have been a sucker for Josh Reddick in so many drafts because he just teases you with his power. He goes on these like runs where he'll hit 15 home runs in like 30 days, it seems like. But then there's like nothing, but that inflates his overall season. So when you're looking next year, you almost forget that he just had this like super hot run and then he did kind of nothing the rest of the year. And that rest of the year just kills you, especially in head to head leagues. So I'm probably just staring clear of all of these guys. Um, I just, it's, I mean, they're going to be good offensively. It's going to help the Astros overall offensively, but I'm not really feeling any of them for fantasy. Um, so back to another trade here. Uh, Diamondbacks and Mariners were in on a trade. Diamondbacks sent Taiwan Walker and uh, Marte 
for Gene Shigura and a couple prospects, or was it just one prospect? I just wrote prospects for some reason. Like I said, I was making notes pretty quick today. Um, so, you know, obviously the, the, the big names are Walker, Marte, and Segura here. And Segura had, had a, a little bit of a bounce back last year. And so, you know, to me, the Diamondbacks were selling high on him. And I, I think they got a, a pretty good deal for for him. Um, Marte, I feel it's like an up-and-coming player. He showed some promise a couple of years ago, kind of had a down year last year. And Walker was injured a little bit last year and kind of down. But I, I like Walker's talent overall, and I think he can bounce back. Uh, so I'm, I'm liking Walker and Marte, and I'm a little down on Segura this year. But, but what do you all think? AJ, what you got? Yeah, I, I mean, this was disappointing for me, um, being a, a Segura owner in my Dynasty League, um, you know, leaving the, the friendly, hitter-friendly confines of Chase Field and going to the opposite in Seattle. Um, yes. I, I think it's it's more or less just his, his you know, home and road splits that will play into it. I, I think he's still going to be valuable, um, but I do think he's going to have a harder time this year getting, you know, as many quality hits. Um, so we'll, we'll see what he can put together. Um, you know, I, I like, uh, I, I, on the flip side, I do like what this does for Marte and his value. Um, you know, I kind of liked him going into last year and had some high hopes for him, but he, he just didn't fully, you know, round into the player. I thought maybe he would be able to be, um, but, you know, now he's going to this hitter-friendly ballpark, and, and that could help him out. You know, this could give him the jump that he needs, in my mind. Yeah, I hope, yeah. Uh, I hope uh, Kettle, Kettle Marte gets playing time. That's, that's kind of the issue is they have a very crowded infield in Arizona right now. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of slow things down with Marte, still a very young player. Um, but you look at, you look at the numbers from Segura and, and the minors and the numbers from uh, Marte and the minors. And it seems like, Hey, Marte could just become Gene Segura in a couple of years. And he could be the one, you know, hitting 300 with 20 home runs and 20 steals in Arizona, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna be this year. I wouldn't think, but no, I don't think, um, so. the, uh, but looking at Segura with his 353 BABIP, that's definitely going to be an issue moving to Seattle. Um, his ISO doubled last year from his last two years combined. So I'm going to be a little down on Segura. Um, not completely off on him, but he's going in the top. He's going in the first four rounds. And uh, that's just that's just going to be too high of a price for me. Wow. That's yeah, yeah that's that buying definitely buying in on last year. I might have to uh I might have to pedal him in that dynasty league then and see what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hope Make nobody's like listening from that league. Yeah. Well, I mean I hope yeah, they are, I but maybe they're not listening that closely. Um it's, it's nobody. But nobody nobody, so nobody talked about Taiwan Walker here. Uh, I mean, what are we thinking about him? I mean, this guy a couple years ago, um I mean he 
he was great in the few games he pitched at the end of 2014, 2015, you know, he had ups and downs, but overall pretty solid guy. Uh, last year struggled pretty hard. Um, everything kind of went up and down in all the wrong statistical categories. So, I mean, are we expecting a bounce back from this guy? I mean, you're talking young player for, for Marte. I mean, Walker's only 24. You know, he'll be 25 at the end of the season. He's still a very young pitcher. I mean, what do we think of him? Now, of course, the ballpark factors are going to matter for him as well. You know, he was pitching in Seattle a lot. Now he gets to go to Arizona, which doesn't help him. But, you know, can he overcome that? Do we expect it to happen? Yeah, I think, you know, I I mean, I've never been real high on Walker. Um, You know, 2015, he he had a very solid season, um, you know, as far as getting some innings in and, you know, being able to to get a decent amount of strikeouts within those innings. Um, You know, he had 11 wins and eight losses for a Seattle team. His ERA wasn't good. um, His whip wasn't great but you know for a guy in his third year I I mean if you could even call that I mean it was really to me that was his his kind of his first year um, yeah because of the number of games that he that he was held to in in 13 and 14 um you know so you, you saw a little bit of regression in the whip last year but just slightly and and, and in you know a better ERA uh still you know over four but that was in, you know, 35 less innings pitched. So I think the ballpark definitely hurts him. Um, you know, it, 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 you know, for, for lack of comparison's sake, I, I can't really compare him with Granky, but we saw what happened to Granky last year. And, you know, in my mind, I was staying away from him. So I don't know if I'm necessarily all in on Walker at all as it is. So I probably won't really be targeting him personally. Fair enough. Tyler, you got, you got anything quick to add there? Yeah. So I had Walker in our, uh, in our F6P league actually last year. And I remembered him being very good in the first half and then getting hurt. So I'm looking at his first half versus second half numbers. And he had a foot injury, I believe, uh man, I can't remember when. It was it was before the All Star break, I think, and it kind of lingered, lingered, lingered. Mm-hmm. Um, but a three a three six six ERA in the first half and a five two one ERA in the second half. So perhaps we're looking at this all wrong. Maybe maybe it was the the foot injury kind of getting in his head a little bit, and uh, you know maybe maybe he uh, he gets healthier and starts going back to. Three six six ERA and great strikeouts, and you're getting that from the seventh pitcher that you take off the board uh, for your team, sixth or seventh guy. Shoot, I'm I'm in on that. Yeah, I think the only thing you got to worry about with him is he does allow quite a few home runs, and that was in Seattle. So you got to worry about that moving to Arizona. But sure. otherwise, I think I'm still – I think he's still on my board as somebody I will target, but it would have to be fairly late. Like, I'm not going to go and jump on him and expect some huge bounce back season and take him as, like, my fourth or fifth pitcher. Yeah, seventh, 
sixth, seventh, eighth pitcher, you know, probably more seventh and eighth pitcher is where I'm looking for him on, on my staff for fantasy leagues. But, you know, definitely somebody you don't want to forget about. I think the talent is there, and that's got that's what you got to remember. Um, just real quick, we get another year for Nando Rodney. The Diamondbacks did it. They plunged in and did it. You got to love this guy, man. There's always There's always drama around this guy. He loads the bases and then he'll strike three people out. It's like, what are you doing? It's like, are you going to try anybody drafting this guy? If you don't wait to be the last person to take a closer. I mean, um, he just works. He works very well under pressure. All right. (laughs) Just get off the back. Hey, I got to give him credit, man. He has like 40 saves a bunch of different years. Yeah, something crazy like that. He, but he puts God, up, he, he puts up numbers. Awful. Um, it just murders you. So, I I'm I don't go anywhere near him unless I just go. Oops, I forgot about closers and I have to take one and it and he's left. Um, it's I've done it a couple of times accidentally. Um, you love the save numbers, but you don't love anything else you get from him. But I don't know. What do you, I mean? What do you guys think? Of it? Is there anybody there that could possibly take his job? I mean, that's what that that would be the only thing you have to worry about. No, um, no, I there's nobody. So, no. I mean, if, they, if they they've gotten of, rid of Ziegler, yeah, would have been would have been him anyway. Let's be uh, real, Ziegler was not I, good. I, I, <laughs> no, but he he's got the experience. The only the only person I could see that would potentially come into play here um, and I'm just trying to make sure that he's still even on the roster before I say his name um, and I'm not seeing him I was going to say Daniel Hudson but I, I think he he moved on somewhere so to Pittsburgh I was going to yeah, say his name okay. too but uh, they yeah, got rid of the uh, only guy that, that could rival Rodney for right. the, uh, <laughs> really. he, he is I mean what, what are they going to are they going to put Patrick Corbin slide him back to you know, make him uh, a full-time reliever now. Um, I, I don't like know. Like Ruby I mean, Dolorosa is a name that I think of that kind of failed yeah. starter move back there kind of thing. But Yeah, I saw his name on the relief pitcher list and thought about him too because, yeah, he just he always teases you with like a couple of games a year starting and you're like, oh, I'm going to pick him up. He's awesome. And then he dies. Yep. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, well, I lost ERA and whip this week. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, yeah every time i just i don't think they i don't think they have anybody there unless there's somebody waiting in the wings in the minors but um i I don't really see that either um you know most of their minors guys that are even talked about are bradley and and shipley and they both up at this point so they're starters though yeah no i think i mean i think we both agree it's kind of what it is and he'll have a relatively safe job that's at least you can count on that but i'm not really going anywhere near him unless i've kind of already punted whip and era possibly uh another closer the yankees got their stud bullpen back minus andrew miller of course but you know they've now got batances and chapman again chapman comes back huge 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 contract um, they also signed Matt Holiday. 
that's a big signing to me. I, I love the Matt Holiday tr- signing. Chapman, you know what you can get from this guy. And I think the Yankees will be slightly improved from last year. So he might even get more saves than he did last year. But obviously Chapman's elite. He's the number one closer off my board. Um, even above Britain is harder that is for me to say. I love Britain. But for so many years, Britain was just dogged by all the experts, it seemed like. And I was always like, why? This guy just gets it done. Like, why don't anybody like him? And I always had him like four or five. One year was like 10 ranking spots higher than like what the experts had him. All the other guys from Fantasy Pro seemed to have him. And always proves everybody else wrong. And now everybody's got him like number one. And I'm like, oh, well, wait a minute, guys. Like, you still got Jansen. You still got Chapman. You still got these like really elite guys. Like, let's not, not just bump him over. But he's good, but I'm still putting Chapman up there. Anybody who can throw 102 miles an hour, yes, I'll take him. So, But what do you guys think about the, these moves? Like, the, the interesting thing here is that, you know, just I'm just going to throw out four names of relief pitchers here in, in New York. You, you said Chapman. You said Batances. You also have Adam Warren, and you have Tyler Clippard. So yeah, but none of those guys salary, are No, I know, but oh, Clifford's salary. salary is eight eight point three million, and Batances is still at five hundred and seven and a half thousand. I mean, something is wrong there. Clifford, I know he's been doing it for a while, and he does have some closing experience, but I would take Batances in a heartbeat in the ninth over Clifford and his shaky closing abilities. Um, so that was something interesting, but I think it's a great eight, eight, nine lockdown, um, you know, for, for the Yankees. Um, so I don't see this as being a bad thing for them at all. You know, they had it last year and it, and it worked and then they knew going into it, Hey, we can get rid of this guy, get something back for him now and then re-sign him because that's what we do. We're the Yankees. We'll throw money at whatever the hell we want. Um, I think the Yankees are going to be surprisingly good this year. Um, they can get some starting pitching. Know. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the biggest factor. I mean, just looking at their starters, behind Tanaka, yeah, Who could be I, I'm not seeing it. Himself. So, yeah. well, yeah, I mean, he's still – who knows what's going on with his elbow, if it's even still 100%. Um, you know, you got the the life and times of CC Sabathia and, you know, Michael Pineda, you know, Pine, Pine Tar Pineda, whatever. So I, I just don't see <laughs> anything from the pitching side of that. Yeah. So I think we kind of cover the relief pitchers there, Tyler. What, what do you think about this Matt Holiday si- signing? I yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's it's sneaky. It's sneaky enough, and uh, he'll get regular at bats. Uh, you know, fourth or fifth in the lineup. So uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, it's a pretty pretty good lineup around him. Of course, uh, everybody's favorite hot shot catcher. Last year it was Kyle Schwarber. This year it's uh, Gary Sanchez. He of the small sample size who will be drafted in the first three rounds by the person talking right now, admittedly. Um, <laughs> Me. Oh. Thank you. 
<laughs> ah, you guys are going to battle that one out. You've got some competition, Tyler. <laughs> oh, man. I need to uh, quit coming on. I need to quit coming on the show and uh, revealing all my plans, all my evil plans. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm interested in uh, Matt Holiday, and uh, I'm I'm interested. Uh, that makes me more interested in guys like uh, Greg Bird and uh, Stalin Castro that might be hitting somewhere around him. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I like the Matt Holiday trade. I, I said it in, in the article as well. So, um, the, you know, he was in a bit of a timeshare there in, in St. Louis because he couldn't really play defense anymore. They were just kind of moving him around to keep his bat in, but it was, I think, it kind of hurt him a, 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 in the long run. Uh, last couple ones here, though. Um, we got one last signing I want to talk about, and the Orioles finally did something. Kind of late in the hot stove, but at least it did something. Uh, it was not signing Matt Wieters. It was not Mark Trumbo. It was actually signing Beef Wellington. Uh, and, yes, I just called him Beef Wellington. Wellington Beef. Castillo. Uh, that is his forever his new nick. Me and, me and Jason, my friend Jason, AJ and I's friend Jason, uh, coined that. Uh, so I, I'm not taking super credit for it. I'm pretty sure I've seen it somewhere else, too. But, yes, Um I absolutely love this signing. Not because I think Wellington Castillo is like the greatest catcher ever, but I think he's pretty much just as good as Matt Wieters. If you look at all the stats across the board, even defensive, he's just as good, if not better in some categories. Um, And he's like a third of the price that what Matt Wieters is asking for, like, by Matt Wieters. Like, I don't need you if that's going to be the case. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. But Matt Wieters is going to get that money somewhere, and you know it. Um, and we'll talk about him in a minute. But I don't, what do you guys think about – like, do you guys think that he's even fantasy relevant, though? I only bring it up because it's Baltimore, and I have to. But uh, do you guys think he's fantasy relevant at all? Like, are you going to try and draft him if he's, like, you're the last person to take a catcher in a league and he's sitting there along with a couple other whoever's number one stat that he is better in than Weeders running. He is a better <laughs> runner than Matt Weeders. Everybody's better running. than. <laughs> and that's, that's not hard. Going with, Matt Weeders, it's the slowest no, man I, on the planet, dude. Slowest I do like the this signing. Um, I do like uh, I do like beef. Uh, I think that that he's definitely coming to a good ballpark. He's got a good what kind team of beef do you like, man? Do you like sausage hit. or you, do you, you like beef sausage or I like you know, it what, all, what baby. Like I like yeah, it all. Okay, all right. I'm just giving you a hard time there. Where's the beef in my stomach? That's oh, weird. Yeah, but all right. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, like I, I think he's. He's a good dude. He's going to be a good clubhouse guy. He's going to he's going to be pretty much the same stats, like you said, as Weeders, and that's that's good. It's, it's, it's a better price, and I don't think he's going to be someone who's going to come in and be all cocky and oh blah blah blah. Not that I think Weeders was, but you know, I, I definitely like the signing. Yeah, you guys that. I uh, I'm kind of. I'm kind of worried that my Braves are going to 
be the ones to pay Matt Weeders that money that he's asking for. Um, maybe he takes a hometown discount, Georgia Tech guy, but uh, I'm I'm doubting it. I'm I'm sure Weeders will end up going to a team that he thinks is more of a contender. But uh, I uh, I like Castillo as well, and he's definitely, as you said, fantasy relevant when you're someone that likes to uh, likes to wait on catchers, and uh, you know he's just he's sitting there, and you've already filled out all your other offensive positions or um, you're in a two catcher league and you're getting them, you know, what 15th round, 16th round, if that. So uh, definitely I, I had him last year on a couple of, on a t- couple of teams that uh, I was kind of targeting him as my, uh, my first catcher of my two catcher leagues. And I was very pleased at what he, uh, what he produced. Yeah. Like I said, good, just go look at the numbers and compare him to Matt Weeders, who gets drafted easily ahead of him and, and every draft, and he's going to get a ton more money. It's it's crazy to to see the, the numbers, that they're how close they are. Um, so, you know, just, just real quick, you know, we talked about Matt Weeders. A couple of guys that are, are left to sign. You know, there's a bunch of guys that are out there that are going to be picked up off and on the waiver wire throughout the season. But a couple of guys that I think are going to be, you know, drafted in every league is one Matt Weeders and the other one is Mark Trumbo, both ex-Orioles. Um, hopefully one comes back to the Orioles. I'm really hoping Mark Trumbo just comes back and realizes that this is where he needs to play. Um, but, you know, let's, let's go there. Since we already talked about Matt Weeders, Tyler, you know, you mentioned the Braves. Um, I've heard the Nationals thrown in there. I haven't honestly haven't heard a whole lot of other teams be mentioned, be linked to Matt Weeders yet, but you know, if if he does sign with one of those two teams, you know, what are we what are we looking at from him? You know, if he moves out of Baltimore, which is clearly a, a hitter's park, um, you know, are we looking for a little bit of a down season from him as compared to what we get here in Baltimore? You know, what, what are you thinking? Well, I've seen the uh, the Angels also linked to him. Um, not that well, Angels kind of have a sneaky good offense, but. Um, yeah, the, he, you're definitely going to see some kind of, maybe not a personal, uh, downgrade, I guess, whenever, uh, he's moving parks, but well, I guess the nationals have a pretty good offense too. If he goes to the Braves, as sad as I have to be about this, uh, he's definitely going to see a downtick in run production. Yeah, the um, I don't know if you know this, good last but year, though, like the the Braves did sign. I hit doubles only Bartolo Colon this year. So <laughs> yes, I mean did. that offense. That I mean they've already looking in up. that in that new uh yep in that new stadium. I'm pretty much already uh trying to figure out okay when's Bartolo gonna pitch? Like do I need to stay slash hit? What do I need to yeah. stay like a whole series or how can I, how can I plan this better? So yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, seeing Bartolo Colon hit in person. <laughs> awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think we're going to get the same old, same old Matt Wieters. He'll be all right, but he's going to have times, man, where he just, 
the thing that always killed me about Matt Waiters, and maybe this is because I watch him on TV a lot more, he hits into more double plays, and his swing seems so lazy. You're like, do you care? And just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to swipe. And when you tell he cares, he destroys the ball. You're like, oh, my God, just do that every time. But it's, yeah, I mean, he's an all right. He's a solid player. I just think he's a little overrated because he was a huge prospect. And I think that's still carried around with him. But at this point, it's like you're done as being a prospect. Mark Trumbo, though, another guy, you know, completely, you know, the Orioles got him relatively cheap last year, one-year contract. Um, And, man, it worked out for Trumbo because he's going to get paid somewhere. Uh, But, you know, 40, what was it, 47 home runs last year? Clearly a career high by a wide margin. I don't think we can expect that again from him, even if he does sign back with Baltimore. But, um, you know, I've, I've heard I've heard Baltimore link to him. I think I've heard, was it, he, was it Oakland linked to him? Maybe Seattle. One of those teams was linked to him. I forget who else. Um, but, I mean, if he doesn't come back to Baltimore and he goes to one of those other teams, like we've seen him already there, and it just doesn't seem to work out for him. The Orioles were giving him at-bats every single day. They didn't care about his defense. They were just like, go hit the ball. Um, I don't know if every other team is going to do that with him. Yeah, so what are, what are we thinking about Trumbo if he does not sign back with the Orioles? I mean, I'm afraid he's going to go to the Yankees. I I don't think they have a place for him I, in the outfield. I know they don't, but I don't think they will. Throw him in at DH. I mean, that's what they got that holiday split for. In time. Well, yeah. exactly. I mean, that's that's just it. They got Holiday. They got. I think they still have. Billy Butler on their roster, maybe. So, I I don't see it happening other than the sheer fact that the Yankees would be taking him away from, you know, a division rival and would find a place for him somewhere. I mean, Ellsbury's always injured anyway, so maybe he will get outfield. Here is where I think the Blue Jays messed up by signing Morales so early in the game. They could have – just imagine Toronto's line. I know he would basically be the uh, Edwin Encarnacion replacement. Uh, if Trumbo were to be up there in Toronto, bat and clean up, that would have been a, that would have been a nasty lineup. And, uh, you know, they kind of – they signed Morales so early in the game for so much money, and now we're starting to see that same kind of money probably could have – Probably could have got Trumbo. But uh, there's a couple other teams that interest me. The Rangers, of course, uh, are very interesting if he can go there. But they seem they seem uh, pretty pretty much uh, dead set on Napoli from what I'm from what I'm seeing. Um, and then kind of like just a a prayer would be for him to go to Colorado just to see how many he could hit out there. And I know people are already giving Ian Desmond the job at first base, but I just I don't see how you know, why they would waste, waste his athleticism. No offense to first baseman out there, waste his athleticism at first base when he is a really good center fielder. So I don't know. I I would, I mean, I, I would probably put my money on him signing back with Baltimore, but 
there's a there's a piece of me that wants to see him in the Texas or Colorado setup. Those would be good ballparks for him. I think if he goes to Colorado, though, I think he'd lose a lot of playing time. So that that'd be trouble for him. But yeah, I mean, like I said, there, so there's a bunch of other guys out here, though. I mean, I'm just looking at a list. I'm just looking down here, you know, like C.J. Wilson is still unsigned, but apparently, actually, this is like outdated because Beltron's still on here is unsigned. What the hell is this looking at? Why isn't this outside? This, this that site is. is... So never mind. Uh, apparently, and I'm not going to call out the site. You need to do some work. Uh, <laughs> update your stuff, guys. Uh, I've always, I've used this before and it's never been this bad. So that's kind of weird. Um, anyway, but I mean, there are a bunch of guys out there, but they're just kind of guys. Like they'll be, they'll be picked up eventually somewhere. Has Chris Carter signed anywhere? He's one. I was going to say Chris Carter, Chris Carter, Mike Napoli, Pedro Alvarez. I think those are the guys that caused Adam Eaton, Dexter Fowler to cost so much. It seems like cheap power with terrible average is very available on the free agent market. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think Carter signed anywhere. I did. I did just hear he had either some guys talking about him, but I don't. I don't think they said he signed. Hey, forty home runs last year. Hey, he could uh, he yeah. could be that cheap Trumbo replacement if if uh, Baltimore can't get him back. Honestly, yeah, and I mean and he can play first, but I don't like I don't Alvarez would. very much. But if you look at the 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 numbers to you know like the supporting numbers compared to average and Trumbo, they're very similar. Um, and obviously Trumbo had more home runs, but Alvarez didn't play as much. That might be it right there. Alvarez is not playing outfield, so he would be DH only. So we would have to find outfield replacements. But that's a potential really cheap option, I think, that we have if we don't get Trumbo. So I I don't like it, but my friend Jason pointed out to me, I, I was – at first, I was like, ew, gross, go get away from me with Alvarez. I hated the signing last year. I don't want him on, on the team. He's so bad. He's like, he's the same as Trumbo. I was like, no, he's not. And I looked at it, I was like, oh, crap, he actually is. Uh, okay, <laughs> fine, maybe. Um, so, cause, you know, honestly, I remember, like, the Trumbo signing last year. I was like, eh, all right, fine, whatever. But then he did what he did, and I was like, oh, yeah, cool. He's actually really, really good. Um I don't know. I still want Trumbo. He, he fell off. He fell off hard in the second half. Um, Trumbo, oh, yeah. Yeah, he started off. Yeah. But he, still, the, the hit almost 50. You still got to be pretty oh, good well, in the second half. I mean, it's not like he hit like 40 in the yeah. first half and then he hit seven. It was, it, it was, it was a fairly healthy number in the second half still. So, but his average fell off, and that was to be expected. Nobody knew. Nobody thought he was going to hit near 300 like he was. It was crazy that he was up there that high. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's all I've got. Uh, so we will end it there. And I think, uh, Tyler, we'll, we'll let you go first before I sign off here completely, and uh, you can let everybody know where to find you on Twitter. And obviously, you know, you everybody knows to find you on the, on fancy six pack.net and congratulations once again on the content manager position. Uh, 
excited to have you on board as in a bigger role. So, but yeah, let everybody know where they can find you and, and what to expect this coming baseball season and when we can get it. Well, you can find me on Twitter at the real Wody, at the real Wody. That's W O D Y. Um, long story again, not going to go into that. Um, so what to expect from the site? We're going to have a ton of stuff coming out here, uh, early February. Um, and we'll have some, uh, I'll be right. I'll be writing on the, uh, FSTA draft, uh, just doing a little, uh, analyzing on some of the, uh, some of the big time picks and strategies that are, uh, kind of, kind of used in the draft. So be on the lookout. Yeah. And something to look out for that I'm not even sure Tyler knew was coming out, but uh, I kind of was in control of this, is the rankings are going to get officially published tomorrow. Me and Tyler have combined our rankings to publish them on the site. So those are going to get published tomorrow morning, hopefully, if uh, work doesn't uh, get to me. And uh, so, yeah, definitely look out for those. Uh, we'll be tweaking them a lot during the off season, but this is kind of our initial load for those of you doing rank uh doing drafts super early i know a lot of nfbc drafts go on right now and so that's these are this are what you want to look at so uh yeah anyway, I, need to, uh, thanks. I need to move uh web mistyus up a little bit tonight while you're apparently you do <laughs> well i'm not looking i know where to find you <laughs> <laughs> um anyway Thanks for coming on, Tyler, and uh, look forward to getting everything out on the this preseason with you. All right, man. Take it easy. Take it easy, AJ. All right. All right. See you. See you, Tyler. Have a good one. All right, yeah, so that's all I've got. AJ, if, uh, if you don't have anything else, I will uh, close it up just by saying that uh, you and I are going to meet if not this weekend, next weekend, to kind of plan out the rest of the shows starting probably right after the Super Bowl. I'm thinking we'll just give it another couple of weeks, let football finish, and then we'll get into our position preview shows, go through all the rest of the free agent signings, all that kind of stuff that we do every year. And and, um, they're usually really good, informative shows, so definitely – think that everybody should tune in for those and and you'll find links to them from from uh i think i'll still put them on so-called fancy experts because so-called fancy experts owns this radio station so kind of feel like i owe them that um so yeah we will we will put it there uh but yeah you can always find it on blog talk radio and things like that but yeah expect those to come out just just after the the super bowl i believe we're still doing it wednesdays right yeah, let's let's stick with Wednesdays for now, and then uh, good. we should be able to ride that out through the baseball season. Well, through the summer part of baseball season, and then we'll uh, we'll revisit come fall. But yeah, I like Wednesdays. I think it's a solid night. So absolutely, absolutely. Try and maintain that if we can. All right, man. Well, it was a good show. Glad to be back. And uh, like I said, we'll be back in a couple more weeks with with the rest of the baseball content leading up to the season. All right. Sounds good. Have a good one. Have a good one, everyone. All right.